This is Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 663. And the quote of the day is, wisdom is not a product of schooling, but the lifelong attempt to acquire it. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 663. Thanks so much for tuning in and checking out. And apologies about missing. Uh, last week had some family stuff happening. Uh, all is well, though. So all good there. But yeah, uh, week, the life got in the way a little bit. Uh, so, but here we are, another episode. Again, thanks for being here, episode 663. And, you know, I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of thinking because I admittedly, through moving to LA, um, going through COVID and sort of spending a lot of time on production work, uh, mainly content production and things like that, haven't been playing as much, haven't been practicing as much and uh, have decided that I'm, I'm really going to start getting back into it and uh, possibly start touring again. So I was just thinking about my career and I hate saying the word career because it sounds so pompous, but my, my life as a drummer, uh, starting, you know, when I was, when I was 14 years old or 15 years old and I'm, I'm 41 now. And there's some things that I know now about, about the music industry, about drumming, uh, particularly because doing all these, doing all these episodes with these world-class drummers, but then also having my own experiences with touring and putting out records and, and then just, things that you learn through life and and then the relationships that I've built inside of both the music industry and the drumming industry, because I think that those are, they're two different. So the music industry being like the record labels and the management companies and the, and the touring companies and things like that. And then you have the drumming business. So then you have all the manufacturers and, and the, um, and the stores like Sweetwater and and Guitar Center and and all of them. So that's to me is you know, the music instrument and, or, or the drumming business. And there's 10 things that, I was, there's more than that probably, but there was 10 real things that I thought about that I wish I knew when I was just starting out. I wish that I knew when I was, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. And so I'm just going to run through these 10 things that I wish I knew then. Uh, What's that song? I wish I knew, whatever. We're not going to get into me singing. I wish that I knew what I know now when I was younger. That's it. Uh, so let me let me run through. And these are in no particular order. So these are just 10 things that, that I jotted down. Um, the number one, or not the number one thing, but the first thing is your relationships are just as important as your practice routine. And what I mean by that is you can spend all this time practicing and practicing is important. There's, you know, we're not, no one is denying that or, or no one is, uh, is saying that, but the relationships that you build in the industry are extremely important too, because I look at people who, if you, if there's people who you admire and you look at the people who they hang out with and, you know, you pick a, take a particular drummer and they're like, man, how is this guy friends with this person and this person and this person? The reality of the matter is most of the time those people came up together so they were all nobodies at the same time and just so happened to become somebodies and they're still friends. And that's true with me, with my career and, and people who I associate with. Um, 
it's and I, I I always tell people stick with the stick with the group of people that you have already or that you have access to and try to build the relationships with them. Don't you know you don't want to wake up tomorrow and be like, hmm, let me try to build a relationship with Sting. Uh, I think it's sort of start where you are. And I hate I hate the the idea or or the thought around like building relationships and networking, but really it's building friendships. And you find people who have equal interests or the same interests as you and you go out and and you should try to uh, play with them. You should try to support them. You should try to hire them, all those things. So as much as you're putting into your practice routine, you should be putting into building relationships, making friends, and and I can't stress enough, genuine relationships, not opportunistic relationships that you're trying to get something out of someone. So that's the first thing. Uh, second thing, dead end gigs, even if they pay well, are a waste of time. So I think that I've seen, I, I could tell you, you know, hundreds of people who I know who are stuck in dead end gigs and they're like, yeah, but the money's great or, or, you know, they don't feel like they can go anywhere else or anything like that. And I've had so many conversations with people at the time where I'm like, if you don't like the music and you don't like the direction that it's going, or you don't think that it's getting you closer to the things that you're trying to achieve, then you need to get rid of those gigs. And it's a tough pill to swallow, especially if you need the money. Um, if you're not, if you're not doing it professionally and you don't need the money, then you should, get rid of that gig ASAP. If it is a gig where you need the money, then you got to try to find something to replace that, whether it's two gigs, whether it's teaching, whether it's a so like I'd rather, I'd rather work at Starbucks than play a gig that I hate the music and I don't want to be there and I'm sick and tired of the band leader or whatever the case may be. So dead end gigs, even if they pay well are a waste of time. You got to get rid of them. Some harsh truth. And I'm sure people will fight back on that, but, uh, that's just, that's my experience. Uh, this ties into the third thing, play the music you love with the people you love playing with. And if you're not in situations where you love the music and you love the people that you're playing with, you got to get out of them. And I, I get it. Same thing where it's like, if you need the money and people are like, I'm playing these gigs, I don't really dig them, but I really need the money. Then I would argue that you could probably make more money doing something else, like getting a different job and playing the music that you love and not have to be so dependent on the money. And I promise you, it will fill your soul so much and it'll make you feel so much better uh, than playing these gigs that you don't like, because I think it tends to tarnish our reputation or I'm sorry, our, our, um, our relationship with music and drums because we start to hate the industry for what it is, or we start to resent the fact that we have to play these gigs that we don't like or play this music that we don't like because we got to put food on the table or we have to put money in our pocket. So I would argue, try to find a different way to make money and just play the music that you love. I'm telling you, it'll it'll change your life. And it did mine. And I promise you, uh, you should do the same thing. Um, the next is you'll never have more time to practice than you do right now. And that sounds a little weird to say because you're thinking, well, I don't know. You don't know how old I am. You don't know my situation. And the reality is as time goes by, our calendar gets filled with more and more things. We have more responsibilities. And someone told me this when I was in college. They said, listen, you you will absolutely not have more time to practice than you do right now. Should have really took that advice and even practice more than I did. Um, but 
I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? That's true no matter where you are, no matter what stage you are in life. And you know, what's the old, uh, what's the old quote that you'll never be as young as you are right now. And I also think you'll never have more time to practice than you do right now. So get the time in practice, make, make changes in your, in your schedule, whatever you got to do, because tomorrow, the next day, next year is not going to be easier to fit time into practice. So if it's a priority to you, then make it a priority and schedule it out, put it on your calendar and make sure that you're getting that practice time in. The Evan Snare Tune-Up Kit provides everything you need to maintain the most essential piece of your drum set. This recently launched kit comes with either UV1 or Caftone heads as the centerpiece, along with an Evans branded microfiber cloth, a drum key, lug lube, hardware polish, Barney's Beats branded Promark Rebound 5A drumsticks, a snare side 300 drum head, and a two-pack sampler of the new Evans EQ pods. It's everything you need by the drum. The UV kit is ideal for rock, metal, and funk, providing sonic versatility and long-lasting durability, while the Caftone kit is ideal for jazz, providing a classic, warm, full, rich tone. Evans Drumheads, the most technologically advanced drumheads on earth. Are you ready for your first kit? Or are you a teacher with beginning drum students? The all-new Mapex Venus Series Complete Drum Kit presents an all-inclusive setup for the first-time player ready to start that drummer for life adventure. Mapex is dedicating to produce exactly what drummers need to succeed at all levels. And Venus starts the young and hungry player with a five-piece shell pack complete with a matching snare drum and outfitted with a complete set of stands and pedals, cymbals, and a drummer's throne, and even their first pair of drumsticks, all at an affordable price. Contact your favorite Mapex retailer to find out more. With Mapex Venus Series, you can start here and arrive anywhere on your adventure to become a drummer for life. Next, number five is the industry is small and manageable. And I know when I was younger, looking at the industry, both sides, the music industry and the music instrument industry, I looked at it like it was these behemoth companies, these impenetrable walls, these massive brands that had thousands of employees and and no one could get in. And the truth is, most of these companies are small, you know, small to medium sized businesses. They, they're, they're family owned. They are, um, they're accessible, they're manageable. And the people who are running these companies are no different than you and I, they're just people, you know? So it's something to keep in mind because, uh, I, I don't want people to get discouraged with trying to sort of build relationships with people in the industry or, um, or, you know, get in to get, endorsements or or to work with brands to do different things. I can tell you this, if you're diligent, if you have a great thing that you're doing, whether it's music or a podcast or or you're a great videographer and you can create some great content or or whatever it is that you're doing, or if you just want to work for one of those companies, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. And in fact, I you know, there's some people who listen to this podcast uh who now work for drum brands and I've talked to them before and and uh, one per- one person in particular I can think of, 
uh, a friend of mine, Andrew, that that we had talked and he was like, I really want to get into the industry. And now he works in the industry. So um, totally possible and totally doable. And I, I hate to use the cliche or sound cheesy, but trust me, if I can, if I can break into these, uh, these industries, I promise you can too. So uh, number six sort of ties into this a little bit, but the gigs you want are closer than you think. And I remember my mentor, Glenn Farrakhan told me, you know, the, a Clapton gig or, a, or, you know, this or that. He was like, those gigs aren't as far off as you think they are. And at the time I was like, you're out of your mind, man. Like I'm living, you know, I live in the burbs outside of Philly. Like how, how would that even be in the realm of possibility? But the truth is once you realize that, that there's sort of those seven degrees of separation or five degrees or whatever it is, but you start to realize that you know, the industry is small and manageable going back to the point that I just made. And you build, you know, you build a relationship with one person, you get to know one person. They're like, oh yeah, my buddy does this thing and boom, 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 boom. Next thing you know, you're connected to someone who's, who's, uh, you know, looking for a drummer for this big gig. And it's, it happens far more than you think it does. Uh, again, these, these big gigs are not these impenetrable walls run by these big, you know, monstrosities of, of companies, uh, it happens. So I think that's good to keep in mind in terms of the, in terms of staying optimistic and, and the reality of, of landing one of these gigs. Now you're, it's not going to happen with you sitting in your basement and never going out and working hard towards it. And the reality of the situation is you may work hard forever and it may never happen. And that's just the truth. That's the industry. But at the same time, that stuff is not completely out of reach where it's out of the realm of possibility and you shouldn't be thinking that you can actually land those gigs with whatever artist that you're looking for or you're looking to work with because I've I've worked, I never wanted to do the pop thing, but I've worked with a lot of the artists that I set out to work with in the sort of jazz and funk soul world um, that I was like, there's no way that I can work with any of these cats. Uh, and and you do. And it's based on it's based on relationships and keeping that optimism and, and grinding. And like I said, you can't sit home and, and just wish for it to happen. But trust me, those gigs are closer than you think they are. Uh, the next is no gig lasts forever. There's a saying in the TV business, it's not a matter of if it gets canceled, it's just a matter of when. So if you have a great gig and even if it's with your your best friends and you think that you guys are going to be playing forever, nothing lasts forever and no gig lasts forever. Or if you're on a, excuse me, a great tour and you're thinking, man, these days are, these days are going to live forever or go on forever. They're not. So that uh, is a reality check. And I want you to think about the current situations that you're in that you really enjoy and just make sure that you're not taking it for granted. Make sure that if you are on a tour um, or you're working with an artist that you really love working with, don't get complacent. Don't get lazy. Make sure you're still putting in the work. Make sure you're still, you know, as happy to be there as you were on day one. Make sure that you're you're still giving it your all when you're on stage. You're cool to be around. And also, if you're playing a in a bar band that you really dig and and you just really enjoy it, and you're playing with your friends and you're playing great music, just take it in and and look around and and remember those moments because, like I said, they're not going to last forever. So enjoy it while it lasts. Um, 
Number eight, the longer you've been playing, the less you be you should be spending on practicing and the more you should be spending on getting gigs. So let me explain this before people freak out and think that I'm telling people they shouldn't be practicing. Um, I look at it like when you're early in your career, you're like a sponge and any drop of water that you put on that sponge, it's significantly making a difference in if you put it on a dry sponge, every drop of water is, is absorbing into that sponge. But after that sponge is pretty wet and you're pour, pouring more water onto it, uh, not as much as getting absorbed because it's sort of at its capacity. I'm not saying that we're at our capacity, but what I'm saying is you're making huge leaps and bounds in those early years as a player. Like when you start learning your rudiments, you can start to put beats together and then you can start to actually play a groove and then it can start to feel good. And, and then you start learning different music styles, all of that stuff you, you learn at a, such a such a fast pace that that every day seems like you're learning so much as you get later on in your career then the the differences in your playing the differences in your technique and the the way that you sound the way that you the the way that everything feels those are slightly nuanced things that are going on and i believe that you can spend a couple hours a week getting better. I'm not saying that you shouldn't spend a ton of time practicing just to be clear, but I'm saying I think early on in, in everyone's career, there needs to be that bulk of time, a couple years where you're spending six, eight, 10, 12 hours a day practicing. That's like, that's sort of table stakes. But then as you get into a career and you're touring and you have a, or if you have a gig or I'm sorry, if you have a day gig and then you have gigs at night and then you have family and you have responsibilities and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that you still need to practice eight hours a day. I think you can get away with practicing 45 minutes a day or an hour a day and spend the majority of your time that you have free working on getting gigs. Because if you're not spending time on that, you're going to be spending all this time practicing and you're not going to be getting gigs. So uh, again, I'm not saying if you have, if you have, all the free time in the world, sure, spend eight hours a day practicing and then spend another four or five hours a day trying to get gigs. But that's just my take on it. Um, and I'm sure that I'll get some feedback on it. But I, and in fact, I would love to hear your feedback on that. So that's my take on that. Number nine, if you have other interests than music, don't feel guilty about pursuing them. Drums should integrate into your life, not the other way around. And this is something that I struggled with. This is something that I've had multiple conversations with people, both on the podcast and outside of the podcast, where I know for myself, I felt like the the drum gods would strike down on me if I wasn't wholly just dedicated just to playing drums. I didn't do anything else. And any minute of free time that I had, I was practicing. And if I wasn't doing that, then I was a, I was a bad musician and I, I didn't deserve to be a drummer and all these other things. But the truth is we're humans and we're supposed to be well-rounded and your life can't just be drums 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And because, one, because I think that you can get inspiration from so many different places, but two, you need a little bit of you need a little bit of reprieve and a little bit of distance from the drums. In fact, I really think that if you're if you're feeling like you're not creative and you feel like you're struggling and you feel like you're in a rut and you're playing the same thing all the time, I tell people just step away from the instrument, stop playing, give it three weeks a month, just stop playing, and come back to it, and and you'll have all these fresh ideas and sort of this new love for the instrument again. But 
if you do other things, if you're a photographer, if you like cooking, if you're into lifting weights or like me, I like riding bikes and, and, uh, and producing content and things like that. So you should feel okay with about those things. And if there's a way that you can figure out how to make those things intersect and work together even better. But if you're taking time away from drums and music to go do other things that you enjoy, that's totally fine. That's okay. In fact, I really, really encourage that because like I said, I think that it'll give you a little bit of distance and just a little bit of decompression from the kit so that you can come back and be more creative. And number 10, this is a this was a big one for me. Most of the people you want to play with can be hired. So don't be afraid to start a band and chart your own course instead of waiting for the phone to ring. And you've heard me you've heard me talk about this a lot. I I just talked about it with Daniel Glass and then with Keith Hall and with myself starting, you know, putting out my own record and hiring people to play with me. And I've I talked about this in the bigger, better, big, uh, blah, 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 blah. The bigger, better gigs course (laughs) uh, that I did a while ago. And we as drummers sit around and wait for the phone to ring all the time. And the fact of the matter is that as drummers, we can go out and hire a guitar player, hire a bass player, hire an organ player, hire whoever you want to play with and put a band together and go and play gigs. And I'm going to say 95% of the people that you want to play with, you can call them and hire them because most of the people are hired guns. They're sidemen just like us. So go call them, go hire them. And in the beginning, there's there's a, there may be a loss there. There may be some lost money there where you're paying for people to play gigs and the gig doesn't pay that much or whatever it is. But I talk about this all the time where if you start hiring people for gigs and you really love playing with them and they love playing with you, they will start hiring you for gigs. And now you're in that circle and now they're hiring you, you're hiring them, their friends are hiring you. You may be in a band and the bass player gets fired or quits and you say, Oh, I have this guy who can fill in, who is the guy that you've been playing with that you really love playing with. And they're, they're out doing other things and you bring them into your band. And now like everything is getting mixed together and you're now part of this circle. So don't be afraid to chart your own course. I'm telling you, I I think that's the best advice that, that I could ever give you. Uh, don't just sit around and wait for the phone to ring because you know, no one's looking out for your best interest like like you can. So uh, that's all I got. Those are the 10 things that I think are important to realize. And I wish that I had, I had realized them uh, early on or I wish someone had taught me that early on in my career, early on in my, in my studies as a drummer. So uh, I hope you enjoyed them. I hope you got something out of that. And I would love to hear feedback on it. So anyone wants to dispute any of these, shoot me an email. Let's chat about it. I'd love to hear an outside perspective for sure. I'm always open to that. And other than that, that's all I got. So until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Drummer's Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer Nick Ruffini, that's me. Edited by Justin Thomas. Video editing by Tomas Shannon. And graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com.